0: All righty, hello again, everyone, and welcome to what it is the Derek Hunter podcast for the twenty second of December, twenty twenty two. Happy Thursday, almost Friday. Good Lord and glorious, couldn't we all use a Friday? I'm going to make this intro as quick as humanly possible because I want to get to the show so we can get through the show, so we can get ready for Christmas. Are you ready for Christmas? All your gifts wrapped? I doubt it. I do mind Christmas Eve while watching 24 hours of a Christmas story. I do, after everybody goes to bed. Anyway, appreciate it. Don't forget patreon.com slash Podcast or DerekHunterLocals.com. Check them out. And uh, let us start the program. There's a lot going on. Tons of stuff to talk about. Franco Harris passed away suddenly. Just a quick note about uh, Franco Harris, because uh, right before they were going to honor him by retiring his number, and I'm like, why the hell didn't you, you retire his number earlier? Like, well, it's the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Like, you're taking an awful... Like, really, Franco Harris. it died suddenly, unexpected, whatever, and it can happen to anybody at any time, so live your life to the fullest. But waiting 50 years is 50... Healthy or not, coming up to it, 50, you get getting to your 70s, and, you know, not like the sort of Damocles following you, death isn't following you around, but in the ensuing... What about the 25th anniversary? It was just as deserving. Franco Harris is a legend just as deserving to have his number retired. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, rest in peace, Franco. All right, I want to get to the news of the day because there is a lot of news of the day. The Democrats are excited. Excited, excited, excited. Why? Because, well, they've voted in committee to release Donald Trump's tax returns. They've... (laughs) they're gonna release donald why what what is it honest to god you you sit there and you go why are we doing this what is the point what is the point of needing donald trump's tax returns well the point of them suing to get donald trump's tax returns and pursuing it the way that ahab went after moby dick was expressly to release them that's it donald trump's tax returns are exceedingly long as you might imagine And so you can find, if you nitpick, if you are not a person of good character, you can find any damn thing you want in there to embarrass or imply criminalization or whatever you want about the former president. And that's it. That's it. That's what it is. What you're going to hear after these tax returns are released are going to be little snippets of various things, implying things, implying things. Look, the IRS has no love for for Republicans. They have no love for Donald Trump. They audit him pretty much every year. Okay. If there was something there, they would have gone after him. They haven't. New York Times has the story. The House Ways and Means Committee voted to release six years of Mr. Trump's tax returns and members revealed that the IRS failed to follow its own policy because it did not audit Mr. Trump during his first two years in office. It may be days before the tax information is revealed. What is the purpose of this? Again, can you imagine? Can you envision? Can you think of a single purpose for releasing Donald Trump's tax returns? You can't other than you're hoping to show that he's not as rich as he says he is. Is there anybody who believes that he's as rich as he says he is? Let's just put it out there like that. Is there anybody out there who goes, you know what, that guy's sitting on top of $10 billion. He's got more money than he knows what to do with. Anybody believe that he's that rich? No. And then, By the way, there's a difference between having that much cash on hand and... Uh, being that being worth that much because of all your investments, buildings are not. You can't walk into a store and spend a building. I mean, for God's sake,s the guy just licensed his image for NFTs to make a couple million bucks. <laughs> If if you've got $10 billion, are you going to be doing that while you're running for president of the United States? Not that he's going hungry or anything like that, but, you know, you always want a cushion. $10 billion is a pretty good cushion. I don't think you go, well, I'll get a million and a half dollars if I completely rip the needle off my record of uh, the presidential campaign. I get it, it's a year and a half away, but once you announce... It's game on. People in the middle of a marathon don't stop and have lunch. So it's just one of those things where this is designed expressly to embarrass Donald Trump. You can't damage Donald Trump. If it's criminal, the IRS would be going after him already. So it's not criminal. It's all about embarrassment. Donald Trump didn't want this out there for whatever reason. I wouldn't want my taxes out there. Nobody should want their taxes out there. I don't understand this. It's a it's the political virtue signal for candidates. It's funny cuz what, Joe Biden, here's my tax returns. You can see I just made my salary and I'm just barely getting by and like why do you have a why do you live in a former um, a mansion owned by the DuPonts? You know, you bought off the DuPonts. How can you afford that on a senator's salary? I don't look too hard into that. The only thing that really would be of interest to me is what's interest to me of all of these politicians. is the charitable donations. I don't know. I know Donald Trump talks a lot about giving charitable donations, and I know that there have been a lot of reporting I don't necessarily believe it, about Donald Trump not actually following through on his charitable donations. Like the one time he skipped the debate and he was going to have a uh, a rally and raise money and donate it to I don't, I don't remember, veterans or something like that. I can't remember. Well, according to the Washington Post, and take that for what it's worth, he never got around to donating that money or at least took his really sweet time in donating that money. I don't know how it happened or if it ever happened but there are a lot of reports about things like that so it'll be interesting to see in that respect is he giving money to charity but keep in mind that no matter what he ends up giving to charity because even if he's scrooge gave things to charity because his accountant advised him to give certain gifts because it helped lessen his tax burden in strategic ways. It's not just, well, we threw some socks into a bag and gave him to the Salvation Army. That's what Joe Biden does. (laughs) If you remember, when Joe Biden was running for vice president in 2008, we finally got our first look at his tax returns. And he gave, I think it was less than 2% to charity. He gave next to nothing to charity as a Catholic, as a devout Catholic as Joe is, you're supposed to tithe 10% to the church. He didn't do that. He didn't do anything. He didn't give anything. He gave you know, money-wise. He gave things. Look, I give things too. We moved. I uh, wore a hole in the ground to the Salvation Army and to uh, Goodwill and stuff like that. Why? Because I just wasn't going to take all this crap with us from one place to another. It's amazing how much stuff you accumulate that you never have any use for. But I'm not a United States senator. I'm not a politician. I'm not a president of the United States. I'm not sitting here insisting that you do something with your money or I'll do it with your money. That's where politicians come in. And no matter what Donald Trump may or may not have given, my curiosity about it is a morbid curiosity. Because Donald Trump isn't a hypocrite. Joe Biden would be a hypocrite. Joe Biden says we must give, we must care, we are a neighbor's keeper and blah, 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 for the good of everybody and equity and equality and blah, blah, blah. And he's not giving anything. He's being very generous with our money. Donald Trump isn't telling you what you have to do with your money. He's not. These politicians Do. On the left, they do constantly. And oh, by the way, they're the very same people who do what? Every time it comes up that they try to rewrite the tax code, which should be reformed, but God, not with these people in charge. What do they do? They try to remove the tax deduction for charitable donations. Why would they do that? Well, because they don't view actual charity as charity. They view paying their taxes as charity because they view the government as the giver of all things good, as the keeper of all of its citizens. Only in certain aspects, the Kate Steinleys of the world, they don't count, they don't get a vote, all the people killed by fentanyl rolling across the southern border, shut up, quit your whining, all of that stuff, it doesn't matter. Those people can go to hell. It's the sweet, sweet, nourishing illegal aliens that matter more than anybody else, more than anything else. So we're going to get into this omnibus bill in a minute, and uh, you'll see what's in it, and it's disturbing. But it does demonstrate that to the progressive left, their priority is not American citizens, at least not current American citizens, and the safety of us. They do not want a secure border. We'll also talk about Zelensky coming over here from Ukraine, giving a speech before the Congress, a joint session of Congress. It's supposed to happen later tonight. We'll talk about it tomorrow. 7 7.30 or whatever. He's going to speak in English. The message is, whatever you've done so far, it's not enough. You've got to do more. I can honestly say that outside of doing a radio show... I have not heard from anybody, anybody, any human being at all about Ukraine. Like I, Even the, like when the war first started, what did you see? You saw a whole bunch of those little Ukraine flag stickers around. People were waving the Ukrainian flag, hanging them from their houses or businesses. Or whatever. Oh, we all, we're all Ukraine now. We're all Ukraine now. I'm not a bandwagoner. And honestly, I never cared all that much. Uh, I wished Ukraine well. I still wish Ukraine well. I just don't want to pick up the check. I hope you have a really, really nice dinner. I'm just not going to pay for it, right? Um, But now you don't really see those stickers and flags as much anymore. But I swear to God, in the... It's got to be almost a year, nine months, whatever it's been, of the Ukraine war, I have not had a single human being talk to me in real life or overhear other human beings talking in real life about their concern for Ukraine. You now, I don't advertise what I do for a living, and I don't talk to that many people. I, I don't. But my friends are all involved in politics. I do talk to them. My family knows what I. They don't ask. They ask me about other things. They don't ask about that. Some neighbors do or whatever, but I'm talking about at the grocery store, walking around Target, walking, going out to dinner, hearing people at other, I've never heard anybody talk about Ukraine. Never once. But it is, we're going to be lectured tonight about how it's got to be our number one, whatever we're doing is not enough. And we got some Mitch McConnell audio about that too. God, this omnibus bill is a joke. We'll get to that in a second. I just, one last thing about this tax thing. Keep in mind that you're, unless you're willing to sit down and read like the 2000 pages of his tax return and would do so with an accountant, whatever you're hearing about those taxes on either side in any way, shape or form is just spin. It doesn't matter. If Donald Trump had broken the law, he would have, we would know about it. This is not designed to get to the bottom of anything. as They don't really even care. Well, What if there were conflicts while he was president? Conflicts like Nancy Pelosi presiding over the House of Representatives, using all of her insider information to slip her husband stock tips and then him cashing in in a way that would send you a ride to jail. Those kind of things? Yeah, nobody's accusing Donald Trump of that. Surprise, that's about the only thing they're not accusing him of. <laughs> That would be easily disproven. They just accuse them of everything that can't be easily disproven, and they just do so over and over and over again because they're bad people. Now I'm looking at uh, social media and all the garbage that is out there, and uh, they really are going to go all in on this this thing with the tax returns. But I, I notice this, and I just retweeted it with comment. All of this is very upset right now. The left isn't only upset that uh, Elon Musk owns Twitter. It's that they can't control the messaging on Twitter anymore. If the Twitter files have taught us anything, it's that the Democratic Party is intertwined like a double helix of DNA with Twitter. They were. And they were able to control the messaging. They weren't shutting people down, but they could silence people by, uh, without even letting people know they were silenced. I was shadow banned, essentially, for two years. Where, you know, it, the uh, retweets and the reach of my tweets just was throttled. Like you wouldn't believe. A lot of people were that way. Now that Elon Musk is in charge, it's not happening. And so there's an attempt to destroy Elon Musk. Why? Because there's a whole bunch of things that are happening and going to happen that message discipline is needed from the left, not message discipline the way you'd normally think of it. The way you normally think of message discipline is everybody's on the same page. Everybody says the same thing. And that's what they mean, except they mean it not from everybody on their team. They mean it from all the platforms I mean it from every possible outlet yeah there are some conservative websites that won't be on the same page but hell look at how effective they've been with fox and migrants the fox doesn't use the term illegal aliens anymore they should it's accurate it's true these millions of illegal aliens coming across the border are in fact illegal aliens, but no, they're migrants. The migrant crisis. They might have even got graphics, but the migrant crisis. No, you're not a migrant. You're an illegal. Alien. Migrants migrate. If you're coming up to work for the uh, fall harvest and then you're going back home, you're a migrant. If you're coming up here to set up shop and never leave, you're an illegal alien. Period. End of story. That's the difference. There's not a whole bunch of Potential seasonal workers sitting in Juarez, Mexico, waiting for their chance to shine. These are people who will never go home, who will be drains on the system, who are looking to come here because of our generous welfare state and our stupid progressive politicians who qualify, newly arrived people, to participate in that. Whereas by law, in order to legally emigrate to the United States, you have to prove that you're not going to be a burden on society. You have to prove that you're going to bring something to the table that you can take care of yourself or you have somebody here who can take care of you, should for some reason you not be able to take care of yourself. That's what happens with legal immigrants. Illegal immigrants, they're never in a million years going to be able to contribute to society. I'm sorry don't be mean to be the bearer of bad news, but it's simply not going to happen. How can you contribute to a society when you're not only unable to communicate in the language of the country you're invading, but you're illiterate in your own language? You can speak it, but you can't read it. And you're in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s, and you're going, oh, you know what? I'll just figure it out. What kind of a life do you think you're going to have? Now, it'll be probably... Better, Or actually, maybe even on par with the crap life you're leaving while you march 2,000 miles. But it is uh, certainly not going to be a benefit to society. Your children are going to cost an exorbitant amount of money in the school system because they don't speak English. And every other kid in class has to be slowed down so your kid can not only learn what's supposed to be required of them, or at least try to learn it, you can, they can also be taught English simultaneously, but they're mostly taught in Spanish. So, you know, your kid is, you're dooming your kid to a life of servitude, essentially, just being honest. They don't care. Your health care. You're not going to come in here and get a nice, good job with some health insurance. Why? Because you can't speak the language. You can't communicate and you can't work legally. So every time you get the sniffles, every time anything goes wrong, anytime you hurt yourself, you're going to go where? To the emergency room. Anybody been to an emergency room lately? I know some people who've been to emergency rooms lately. It's a good 10 hours of sitting around in a room full of people coughing and sneezing and wheezing and, and just a, basically a Petri dish. Of Spanish, by and large. Last week, I had I'd cut my mouth inside my mouth with a. I think I mentioned it before, chewing some almonds or whatever, and it started to hurt. I have my wisdom teeth, right? They didn't they didn't grow in crooked or anything, so they're still in there. But every once in a while, they you know you hit bite them wrong, whatever, and it it hurts. So it it hurt. I'm bleeding, and then it, it felt like it was infected. Then I thought maybe I was not feeling well and maybe my, uh, glands were, my glands were a little swollen because of the infection. I'm like, man, maybe I should go to the doctor. But you can't get in with your doctor without you know planning ahead. So it's just like a spur of the moment thing. I'll go to a clinic. Go to the clinic and it's an hour and a half wait in a room full of people coughing and wheezing because everybody's... And I'm like, I'm not, I don't need it that bad. I don't need it that bad. And so I left. I went to the clinic, I think, three times over two days. Just went by there while I was out. It was never like, oh, my God, I need to go to the doctor. But it was like, while I was out, I might as well go because this one clinic normally isn't that busy. And it was busy, always. Just annoying as hell. And so, like, I, I, I'm not going to deal with that. Now, an emergency room is much worse, what with COVID, RSV, the flu, and God knows what else they've dug up for us this year it's an absolute mess so i didn't want to sit there and go well you know i'm gonna go into here and sit in here and probably get sick from something i don't have to come out with maybe an antibiotic maybe an antibiotic now my body fought it off it helped that i was like putting listerine and stuff and burning on it and you can you can gargle and put some peroxides i did that too I mean, I took care of it. Thank God. I mean, I guess if in emergency, I could have called my friend who's a doctor in another state, but I didn't want to do that. Anyway, off on a tangent, don't need to know that. Back to Twitter and Elon Musk and the Democratic echo chamber, because they don't want you to talk about what the illegal aliens, by the way, it was mostly English as a, not as a second language, as maybe someday an eventual language in the waiting room when I went in there briefly. Um, <clears throat> There's a new push against Elon Musk now because of all these things that are happening and going to be happening that Democrats need. It's not uh, message discipline. It's mes- message uniformity. They need it. And so what is it? It's that Tesla stock is dying. Tesla stock is dropping. Tesla stock is problematic, blah, 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 blah. Elon Musk is distracted by Twitter, his new plaything, he's neglecting, neglecting Tesla. And that's problematic. Elizabeth Warren the other day tweeted out that he can do what he wants with Twitter because that's a private company he owns. However... Tesla is publicly traded, and he, as CEO, has a fiduciary duty. He must be able to, he must focus on Tesla, and therefore, by him not focusing on Tesla, he could be in violation of all sorts of various laws. Now, it's kind of funny. Elizabeth Warren is the biggest fraud in Washington, D.C., having faked being a Native American, blah, blah, blah. So she the here's what she wrote actually. Elon Musk, quote, Elon Musk took over Twitter, but he's still CEO at Tesla. That raises legal concerns. Is he creating conflicts of interest? Is he misappropriating company resources? Tesla is not Musk's private plaything. I've got many questions for the Tesla board. She's just gonna start digging. Why? Because she's terrified of what Elon Musk is doing over at Twitter. They're all terrified of what Elon Musk is doing over at Twitter. So this morning I saw this on Twitter, this uh, economist, Genevieve roche Dechter, whatever, uh, Bloomberg and Fox and Vice News. She tweets out, Good morning, everyone. Tesla stock is down 13.5% in five days. Looks like even some of the most loyal shareholders are getting worried. Tesla stock down 13.5% over the last five days. Now, what has happened in the last five days in regards to Tesla that would cause the company to lose 13.5% of its value? The long answer is nothing. The long answer is there's nothing that's fundamentally changed or even passively changed about what's going on at Twitter. Nothing has happened in Twitter. You end up in a situation where you're sitting there, you're going, what are they trying to imply? They're pointing out that Tesla shares are down. Why? Nobody can say why. Then you think about it logically. Now, you can accuse me of putting on my tinfoil hat all you like. But I suspect that since Democrats are the cancer, progressives are the cancer of the American society, of the culture, of every, they're in everything. They are the free radicals and have taken over everything, including Wall Street. They get a ton of money. They get way more money than Republicans do from Wall Street, from hedge fund managers from all that. Um. Stock manipulation isn't all that difficult. Stock manipulation isn't all that difficult, especially if you get a couple of these big investment firms of BlackRock and all these places that are interested in social justice more so than anything else, and they've got more money than God invested. So they've got $5 billion or $15 billion invested in Tesla. Okay, great. $10 billion. Whatever it is, doesn't matter. Not all that much money to some of these places. They could sell it off. They could there are ways to manipulate the stock. To get Elon Musk's attention, a warning shot fired across the bow. Hey, Elon, we don't like what you're doing. You are hitting too close to us. The FBI is now being exposed as actively actively crusading against the free speech of various americans in this country certain american people suppressing stories in this country there's no ambiguity anymore we all uh, the left's response to the twitter files is this is stuff we all knew this is stuff they've all denied by the way in the past we all knew it but knowing it and having proof are two different things if you suspect your husband of cheating on you You can suspect him all day long, but if you hire a private investigator who produces photographs of him and some side piece going into a no-tell motel, it's a different world. Is it not? That's what we're dealing with here, and that's what they're terrified of. They don't want what's in this omnibus bill to be known by the American people. They could control that before. You'd send a couple of emails to Joel Roth over at the Trust and Safety Team and say, hey, you know, congressman such and such is putting out some disinformation about this omnibus bill. Don't worry. We won't question it. We'll simply, uh, we won't ban it. We'll simply just make it nearly impossible to find. Not impossible, but nearly impossible. To find. And it's all good. We're all on the same team. I'll see you in the locker room after the game. With that gone, with just one outlet, just one, allowing anybody to pretty much say anything they want, as long as it's legal. The left has absolutely lost their minds. And it's not just because they're so worried about transphobia. What will the trans people think? Do you think they really give a damn about that? They're opportunists. This is about the things that really matter to the left. They don't want you to know what's going on at the southern border. You don't want... They don't want you to know what really they're spending our money on. They don't want us to know what they're really up to. They've got all these distractions to keep everybody engaged. And now they used to have control over Twitter. They don't anymore. So what are they doing? They're showing their cards to Elon Musk. Look, your stock's down 13.5% in just five days. If we can do that in just five days... What do you think we can do to you over five weeks? We could ruin you in five weeks. You better get your act together. You better watch yourself. Get in line or at least shut up. Elon Musk is pretty diversified. He can't completely be ruined by Tesla, but, you know, his reputation can be, and that goes a long way. You can spook off other investors in his other companies and begin to make little shaky things happen over there. And the reality is, when it comes to the day-to-day operations of Tesla, Elon Musk hasn't been involved in them very much. Now, should he have kept the title of CEO? Probably not, but he did. His second-in-command over there is been running the show. He's been off dealing with SpaceX and dealing with Twitter and dealing with other things. But think that don't think this is there there's really think about what could have happened in the last you know, five, forget five days, five weeks, that would have caused Tesla shares to nosedive. Legitimately. Nothing. There's literally nothing that has happened that wasn't factored in long ago By people who are looking at a business just as a business. But now Tesla is no longer a business because Elon Musk is no longer a businessman. Elon Musk is an enabler of people who oppose the Democratic Party and the left-wing establishment in this country. And therefore, he's public enemy number one, a guy who's making green cars, making, making electric cars. Oh, he was a hero. His company was, well, then they started, he started farting around about free speech. And suddenly, when they had electric car summits, they weren't inviting Tesla. Weird not to invite the biggest manufacturer and seller of electric cars, but they did it under the guise of, well, you see, Tesla's not unionized. No, no, they were warning him. They were warning him. Now they're getting explicit warnings. What comes next will be the attempted destruction if Elon doesn't get in line. Everybody's got to be ready for that one. So while I suspect that we've got uh, some serious behind-the-scenes manipulation of Tesla stock, in order to distract, there has to be something for uh, there to need to be distraction from, does there not? Yes, there does. And boy, howdy, have the uh, Congress given us. Now, ultimately, yes, there are fundamental difference differences. There are things that uh, the left and right disagree on. They seem to be fewer and fewer, but they are out there. And like abortion, for example, like the sexualization of children, those sorts of things. Democrats are in favor of that. I think they're more in favor of that for the shock value and the added benefit of the distraction that it gives, that it affords them from other things that they're doing. And you think, well, what are they doing? That they would think that uh, saying, if you, if you don't like the idea of mutilating physically, Young children. What the hell are they distracting? Because that's pretty bad. You'd think that that that'd be under normal circumstances, you supporting the mutilation, the sexual mutilation of children would be the thing you'd want distraction from, right? Like, oh my God, who could ever support this? But Democrats are always playing the long con, and they're always playing the long con with our money. And it always has to do with bigger government power. So they can sit there and say, well, you should be able to do whatever you want and let your children gut themselves and cut pieces off and you're a monster for not doing that. They're not really pushing legislatively too hard on that. They're really not, have you noticed that? They're just doing it rhetorically because I think down, deep down they go, a little skeevy, little skeevy. But what do they need distraction from? Well, the Omnibus Bill, one point seven trillion dollars, as far as we know, nobody's had a chance to really go through it and crunch the numbers and examine the uh, the implications and ramifications of it. To be honest with you, there are lots of people who claim they have. It's impossible. You can go through it and read the plain language, and there are people who've done that. But the long-term implications of that, you know, it's like oh, there's a domino. Yeah, there's a whole string of dominoes and you don't know when that domino falls what happens to all the other dominoes. They fall too. And Sometimes they paint a picture. It's always about the future dominoes too. That's what they're up to. And so as you hear what I'm about to go through, know that these are short-term issues. These are you know immediate things with numbers on them. The... Uh, The implications and the ramifications of what I'm about to tell you are unknown. They haven't been studied. They won't be studied. That's what's really dangerous about this. What this is is the kerplunk of a rock in still water. The ripples are not accounted for. So keep that in mind. Congressman Dan Bishop, Republican of North Carolina, has gone through. Now other people have gone through this too. But he did what I've found to be the most thorough accounting of the legislation so far. And he did it with screen captures of the actual text. So you can go through it. I've retweeted it. You you can go to RepDanBishop on Twitter. And you can see this long thread for yourself if you want to follow along or you want to see what's going on. The page, the page count on this monster is 4,155. 4,155 pages. And while most of it, a lot of it, legislation is, is a tricky thing. <clears throat> legislation is written by uh, seemingly evil people and read by people who are seemingly masochists. (laughs) Let's put it plainly. And sometimes it'll say X amount of dollars for X amount of reasons. And other times it will say in U.S. Code 3 where it says X, Y, and Z, it'll now say PDQ. Well, the U.S. Code is hundreds of thousands of pages long. You have to go and dig into the U.S. Code, find out where it says X, Y, and Z, and everywhere it says X, Y, and Z, and now it says PDQ. And you got to think about what does it mean that it says PDQ now? What are the implications? A lot of it is designed expressly for the purposes of hiding information from us. They could write this stuff in plain language. They do sometimes. They do just enough so that they can hide the other stuff. So we won't know by the time there's a vote what is actually in this thing and what it means altogether. But here's what we know so far from Congressman Dan Bishop. The bill expressly prohibits CPB, Customs and Border Patrol, funding from being used to improve border security. It expressly forbids it. Quote, none of the funds provided in subsection A-1 shall be used to hire permanent federal employees, so you can't hire new border agents, or for any flight hours other than those flown by U.S. Customs and Border Protection uh, air and marine operations, except for internal transportation of non-citizens, meaning you can fly illegal aliens around, but that's it. Or three, to acquire, maintain, or extend border security technology and capabilities, except for technology and capabilities to improve border patrol processing. You can buy more computers to process more illegal aliens to get them through the turnstiles into the United States, but you cannot buy anything that would prevent an illegal alien, the sweet, sweet, nourishing illegal alien, from entering the United States in the first place. No, you can only process them through not out. At the same time, he says it allocates $410 million towards border security for Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, Tunisia, and Oman. Isn't that nice? $410 million of our money to secure borders of countries on the other side of the planet. Has $1.438 billion for membership in global multilateral organizations. That's right. There's your UN funding. There's your NATO funding. $1.4 billion. These are our dues. Whenever they do anything, especially NATO, Who do you think ends up paying for that too? And who do you think ends up doing it? Oh, there might be three or four French soldiers or an occasional stray German, but the vast majority are American soldiers and Germany ain't helping us cover the costs. Yeah. He says the word salmon, the fish, appears 48 times in the bill. They subsidize the hell out of everything, ladies and gentlemen. They subsidize the hell out of everything. $65 million for salmon. The uh, section here, Pacific Coastal Salmon Recovery. For necessary expenses associated with the restoration of Pacific salmon population, $65 million to remain available until September 30th, 2024. Isn't that nice? Good fish. Is there $65 million available to maintain your population? No, 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 no. God help us. $3 million shall carry out the pollinator-friendly practices on roadsides and highways, right-of-ways programs under Section 3.32 3.32 of Title 23 in the U.S. Code. $5 million shall be for a cooperative series of agreements with universities, federal agencies, and National Academy of Sciences, transportation agencies, or nonprofit organizations to examine the impacts of culverts, roads, and bridges on threatened or endangered salmon populations. So you get $3 bucks for bee-friendly roads and $5 million more million for salmon when i used to work for grover norquist and grover still probably says this he pointed out how democrats use government to fund their allies to fund themselves here's 100 million dollars for planned parenthood well you know what planned parenthood pledged to spend 75 million dollars on electing democrats this election it's like well, where did they ever get that kind of well there you go that's how you got that kind of money it's the same thing with all this crap. Oh, we're going to give uh, f- agencies, uh, higher education institutions, non-profit organizations, they're all left-wingers. Name me a, non- a conservative non-profit that is set up expressly to make sure that the salmon are able to spawn. There isn't one. But these environmental, le- I guarantee you, like the Sierra Club, will go, you know what, we'll... We'll watch salmon screw around and lay eggs. Give us uh, just give us one million of the five million. Okay, all right, good, good, got it, good. Who do you think they advocate for when it comes to electoral politics? Sixty-five point seven million for international fisheries. God, there's at least five hundred and seventy-five million dollars for family planning. In areas where population growth quote threatens biodiversity. Now this act, not less than five hundred and seventy five million dollars, this is section fifteen fifty, should be made available for or page fifteen fifty, sorry, should be made available for family planning slash reproductive health, including in areas where population growth growth threatens biodiversity or endangered species. Eliminate the human beings. It's money just for Planned Parenthood. That's all. Don't worry. It's done under the guise of helping the uh, small leech or the big leech, Democrats. $65 million in two programs for Senator Leahy, who is retiring, who co-authored this thing with another retiring senator, Republican Shelby. It says, in general, section 120 of the Federal Water Pollution Control Act is amended. Uh, In this section heading by uh, heading by inserting Pat Patrick Leahy before lake and by inserting Patrick Leahy before Lake Champlain Basin Program, each place it appears in subsection in the uh, paragraph heading by striking lake and inserting Patrick Leahy Lake. Yeah, you're getting Patrick Leahy Lake. That's when our government government shutdown. We're risking a government shutdown. Thank God for this omnibus bill. We'll be able to avoid a government shutdown. We'll be able to have a merry Christmas. Wait, your name in a lake after Patrick Leahy? Is that a priority? Authorization of appropriations. There is authorized to be appropriated to the administrator to carry out this section, meaning the Patrick Leahy Lake Champlain Basin Program, thirty-five million dollars for each fiscal year between 2023 and 2027. So it's not just, it's. that's a lot of money. That's $35 million a year for those years. And oh, by the way, <clears throat> God, I hate them. There's a, the Patrick, $30 million for the Patrick Leahy Bulletproof Vest Partnership Program. That's right. Patrick Leahy, retiring Democrat. But don't worry, they're not leaving the ladies behind. Section 636, designation, the federal building located at 97th Street in San Francisco, California, shall be known and designated as the Speaker Nancy Pelosi Federal Building you get in the sense that maybe you and your family's well-being are not the priority of these people hmm? then we come to nature 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 and i thought that we had passed the transportation the bipartisan transportation bill right that was the thing wasn't it well now we're dealing with even more and more and more and more and if you live in johnson georgia or ever Planned a vacation in Johnson, Georgia. If you're down in Georgia and you're sitting there, what do you think about Georgia? You think about Michelle Obama, don't you? Why, she has no connection whatsoever to the state of Georgia. Why wouldn't you think of her? I think maybe she campaigned for Stacey Abrams, but that's probably about it. That's her only connection to the state. Well, for some reason, down in Johnson, Georgia, they are going to get... The Michelle Obama Trail. Yes, bike trails and hiking trails. There are literally tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars in bike paths and, and walking paths. All, we, we've got plenty of places to walk. What we don't have is people wanting to walk, really. We don't have people wanting to ride bikes. Right now, it's pretty damn cold. You've got all the bike paths in the world all throughout Baltimore. All that really does is take away parking and make driving worse. But they want you to ride your bike. Okay, it's going to be nine degrees on Saturday. You want to ride the bike down there? You first, local politicians. Now, I, Why Johnson, Georgia? Why not? If you slap Michelle Obama's name on it, it guarantees you, almost guarantees you, absolute passage and acceptance, doesn't it? Well, because if you, what, are you a racist? What do you hate, Michelle? Have you not seen her triceps? Have you not seen her arms? Yeah, I have on linebackers. But okay, there you go. The Michelle Obama trail. It only costs you $3.6 million, which I wouldn't have a problem with if Michelle Obama promised to hit it and not come back. Problem is she won't. That's the problem. What's really amazing is I bet you she didn't even ask for this. This is just Democrats going, well, what can I do? I'm going to suck up to stupid people. Oh, I got an idea. Let's do this. What never occurs to these people is, should we be doing this in the first place? Isn't there a better use of this money? Yeah, there is. You could actually just set it on fire. At least that would provide some heat to people in the Northeast who won't be able to afford to heat their homes this winter. It's better than a bike path down in rural Georgia. So we're not uh, setting our money on fire for the Michelle Obama Trail which I know, I know you're all running to your travelocities and your whatever's to plan your vacations to go down and hike the Michelle Obama trail next year or whenever this sucker gets launched. There's other money in there for other left-wing causes. For example, $477,000 for anti-racist training from the Equity Institute. Yeah, what the hell is the equity? I don't know. I never heard of it. But it doesn't matter. They're getting $400, they're getting a half million dollars of our money. There's $3 bucks. This Again, this is wildly important, and we must pass this money. $3 million for the LGBTQ plus museum in New York City. <laughs> I know. I know. Now you're going, oh, my God. I was just going to go down to Georgia for the... Uh, Michelle Obama trail. Now I've got to replan everything to go to the LGBTQ plus museum in New York city. 3 million of our dollars. 1.2 million dollars in quote services for DACA recipients. End quote. What? What services? Don't know. Don't know. It's through the Department of Education. San Diego Community College District, San Diego, California, for student support services for DACA recipients, the Dreamers, the Dreamers, $1.2 million. Isn't that lovely? $4.1 million for various career programs for the richest counties in the U.S., for one of the richest counties in the U.S., Fairfax County, Virginia. They get $4.1 million for various career uh, training programs. Because they need it, right? Am I right? Now comes the time on sprockets when we set a huge pile of money on fire for Ukraine. In addition, this is, again, Congressman Dan Bishop. He's gone through this quickly, but he's gone through it. He says, in addition to $47 billion in Ukrainian funding, it isn't enough for you, the bill also authorizes a Ukrainian independence park right there in Washington, D.C., you <laughs> Ukra- really designation of ukrainian independence park is section 710 of this bill designation in general the area described in paragraph two shall be designated as ukrainian independence park section two description of the area the area designated under paragraph one is the approximately point three five acres generally depicted as ukrainian independence park on the on the map, entitled Ukrainian Independence Park Proposed Boundary, numbered blah, 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 date June 2022. Reference, any reference in any law, regulation, or document, record map, p- paper, or other record of the United States to the area or properties described in subsection A is deemed to be a reference to Ukrainian Independence Park. Do you see what I mean when I talk about the ridiculousness of language is anywhere it says in, in law or anywhere. It used to say this or used to refer to whatever this park is called. I don't have the map. Is now Ukrainian Independence Park. Well, that's fairly innocuous. But when it comes to other pieces of legislation, other parts of legislation, anywhere it says uh, a person shall be this or this, that or the other thing and changes it, a lot of times that costs money. It costs a lot of money not to implement the change in language, but because they've changed who qualifies for what and they broadened it and they don't want to say, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do the other thing. They just say we're changing this part of the U.S. code and the secretary will adapt accordingly. All right. Adapt accordingly means spend 50 billion more dollars than it otherwise would have as far as signage there's a section on signage because again this is the lord's work that our government is doing and without this sort of stuff the government would shut down and who would you would not it would be like the grinch didn't have his heart grow three sizes that time he would have stolen christmas and thrown it into the ravine signage the secretary may post signs on or near ukrainian independence park that include information on the importance of the independence, freedom, and sovereignty of Ukraine and the solidarity between the people of Ukraine and the United States. Don't you feel just a massive sense of solidarity with people you've never met in a country you'd never thought about? Wow, it's just fine and dandy. The bill also renames 25 post offices. 25 post offices. Again, the Lord's work. And because we're dealing with Democrats here, the National Institutes on Minority Health and Health Disparities, for carrying out Section 301, Title IV, with respect to the Minority Health and Disparities research, they get $524,395,000 to study structural racism. In just one subdivision of the National Institutes of Health, just one subdivision of the national institutes of health now that's what's weird is you go, okay, four hundred twenty four or five hundred twenty four million three hundred ninety five thousand dollars you you just couldn't you couldn't get by at three hundred twenty four million you couldn't just round it up by five thousand at this point five thousand dollars. To, nope. They expressly request 524395000 And no change, no sense. Yeah, your government at work. They got to basically study ways to continue to divide people, and make people hate one another. Why? Because that helps Democrats. You're shocked to find that Democrats are using this bill, this must pass bill. To help themselves, to help their donors, to help their special interests? $300,000 per year for the continuous plankton report recorder, whatever the hell that is. In general, Section 301, survey in general, not later than 180 days after the date of enactment of this act and on an ongoing basis thereafter, the Secretary of Commerce shall conduct a continuous plankton recorder quarter survey So if you if you love plankton <laughs> any whales out there and I'm not talking about the big time gamblers that casinos fly in and cater to I'm talking about the actual mammal the actual ocean dwelling mammal we are going to check on the plankton for you guys so there you go Oh god help us all Like when I say Democrats are doing this to fund themselves. Another bit of information from the legislation, Gender Equity and Equality Action Fund. Of the funds appropriated under Title III of this act, up to $200 million, $200 million may be made available for the Gender Equity and Equality Action Fund. Funds appropriated by Title III of this act shall be made available for the program to promote democracy and for gender programs in Pakistan. It's very important, it's crucial for the functioning of our government that we spend $200 million on gender programs in Pakistan. You want to know why people hate government, why people don't trust their government? This is why. You want to know why they do it? Why they can do it? Well, look at the last election. 90, what, 97% of the incumbents were re-elected? Where the hell would they care? <laughs> why, why would anybody care? Hey, you know, I can do whatever the hell I want. I am king of the world. I can sit around and bang my interns and, and set huge piles of money on fire. I can do whatever, I can stock trade with the best of them. Like I'm a damn soothsayer, fortune teller. I can make stock trades and make myself a fortune. And uh, maybe 3% of us will lose our jobs. Those of us who don't, we get our jobs for another two years. So we can just start throwing money at people who will start throwing money back at us. Here's $10 million for this group. All right, great. Here's uh, a bunch of money for your campaign and to your political action committee and all of these things. And guess who never has to pay for a meal out of their own pocket again? It's congressman so-and-so doing such and such. Why? Because, well, it's a campaign-related expense, you see. Hey, uh, Bob, how you doing? I'm doing good, John. How you doing? Hey, how's the campaign going? Good. All right, box checked. We're talking about our campaign. Moving on. Now, some people up on Capitol Hill do get this. I could literally do this all day. There's ridiculous things in here that Dan Bishop is to It's a very long thread. I recommend you go check it out yourself. $335 million to prepare for an influenza pandemic, including, quote, unquote" surveillance tools. What surveillance tools? Who knows? Don't know. It's not in the legislation. $7.5 million to better understand domestic radicalization phenomenon. Plus $1 million for gun violence research. $335 million for the Corporation of Public Broadcasting. Yeah. PBS, man. They keep getting our money. I always say we don't want to, the money you give. Is such a small, tiny fraction from taxpayers. We don't. It's just a pennies on the dollar. All right. Well, then go find your own damn pennies. How about that? Hmm? Provision in the bill nearly doubles to uh, doubles the sixty-six thousand available H two B visas, temporary low skilled workers. Double it. Why? Because open borders aren't enough get the people coming in legally, you need to double that. Because why? Because a huge percentage, it, can't, it can no longer be the vast majority of illegal aliens in this country overstayed their visa because we've had 3 million people march across the southern border in the past two years under Joe Biden. But a huge percentage of the illegal aliens in this country are visa overstayers, which means a huge percentage of people who get visas overstay those visas. And so Democrats want more people in this country. So we go from sixty six thousand to one hundred and twenty thousand illegal or legal aliens who will, you know, if half of them become illegal aliens, good. It doesn't matter. Eleven billion for the FBI, one point seven five billion for the ATF, two point three six billion for U.S. attorneys, with an emphasis on January sixth prosecutions and domestic terrorism cases. See, child molestation doesn't rate. Because child molesters are democrat mega donors why the hell would they care about that like i said somebody is noticing this people do care mike lee senator mike lee of utah rips into the omnibus they're given three days to read this to understand well not even really to tr- they can try to understand you can't comprehend all of this because you don't know what it does in the u.s code they're finding these sorts of things and they're going to vote on it What tomorrow i think because you got to get home for Christmas. You don't want to shut the government down. Not right before Christmas. Yeah, I kind of do, in fact. My wife's always asking me what I want for Christmas. I I'd take a good government shutdown. I would. Listen to Mike Lee rip this thing apart.
1: The bill's 4,155 pages long. We got it a few hours ago. Read, so, read the bill. So, so I, I, I find it offensive When colleagues suggest they deliberately contrive this shutdown threat, they are extorting us and the American people using the American people and and the legitimate fears they have as bait. And then they drop it on us at the last possible moment when they can plausibly do it. And then within hours, are you done yet? Are you done yet? Are, Are you finished? Are you ready to give us consent? That is, that is the height of presumptuousness. This really is, this is legislative barbarism. This is extortion, and, it, and it's wrong. So it's, uh, I'm sorry, that is way too soon to be asking us how quickly we're going to jump to expedite their process from which they excluded every single one of us and 330 million Americans. That's wrong.
0: Yep. Not surprising, but it's wrong. Not surprising, but it's wrong. Now we come to, we go from Mike Lee, who's speaking sensibly about this omnibus mess, to Mitch McConnell. Good old Mitch. Now, look, I'm not, I'm not a defender of Mitch. I am a fan of Mitch insofar as what he did with the Supreme Court. And I know, every time I say that, I get emails going, well, anybody could have done that. Anybody could have, Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I wouldn't put it past and I wouldn't trust anybody. But Mitch McConnell actually did it. I wouldn't bet the farm on somebody else maybe doing it. You got the guy who did do it. Okay, so Mitch McConnell deserves credit for keeping this worthless pile of human flesh named Merrick Garland off the Supreme Court. Thank God for that. And he took a lot of heat. Oh, my God. It was a lot of heat. And Donald Trump won in 2016. And so we ended up, that brilliant move, we ended up with three Supreme Court justices and tipping the balance of the court. Not completely. John Roberts is kind of worthless and squishy. But and conservative justices tend, you ever notice that? Conservative justices, they always say conservative justices have sided with the liberals. Oh my goodness, conservative justices. You never hear liberal justices sided with the conservatives. It never happened No matter what the case is, conservatives can win and there's, there's the three liberals over there sometimes joined by John Roberts and they just all go, Bleh. We don't really care. We don't like this law or whatever or we like this, we want it to be law. They don't even bother trying to make legal arguments based on the Constitution anymore. There's no point in trying to convince Justice Sotomayor of anything. She's got her mind made up. She's probably got her opinions written, and she's checked out and on the beach in her head while she's sitting up there. Elena Kagan, eh. you ever heard what? Well, my God, Elena Kagan decided and, uh, and agreed with Clarence Thomas. No, she doesn't. She's not open to the prospect. All the conservative justices have, at one point or another, depending on the the strength of the argument and the Constitution, have sided with the left. And the right goes, oh, this is terrible. It's ter-. It is. But sometimes how you present a case and how you argue a case and whatever, and the facts matter. They don't matter to the leftist justices at all. There's, no, there's nothing. There's nothing. Unless it's a unanimous decision. There's never been, well, you know what, Kagan and Sotomayor disagreed on this one. I don't know that they've ever disagreed on anything. And now you got uh, Jackson, not her name, Ketanji Brown Jackson. She's She's too busy giving incoherent monologues during oral arguments to be taken seriously as a judge. Except she has to be taken seriously as a judge because she's on the Supreme Court. But Mitch McConnell couldn't keep her off because of voters. And, uh, you know, so you sit there and you go, well, Mitch McConnell sucks. Mitch McConnell's great. Now, Mitch McConnell is somewhere in between. On some things, Mitch McConnell is really good. On other things, Mitch McConnell is a corn on the foot of humanity. No doubt about it. This omnibus spending bill is one of those things. The argument goes that Republicans are on the verge of of taking control of the House of Representatives. January 3rd, they will be sworn in. They will have control of the House of Representatives. Why pass this monster spending bill for a year when Republicans will finally have some leverage and be able to influence what goes on, what goes in there, and cut out some of this crap? That's a great argument. And I'll agree, that's a great argument, except for if you know the history of Republicans. On these issues, there has never been a time when there's been a, you know government shutdown where Republicans have come out ahead where they've won, where they we stand on principles, we shall stop these horrible things, and then they actually stop them. No on occasion, they've made certain aspects less bad, but they did that with much fanfare whilst the uh, behind the scenes. Other aspects were made worse in order to get Democrats on board to make these things less bad. And, of course, it's all done under duress. It's all done quickly in emergencies because government shutdowns are immediately spun as, oh, these horrible Republicans. They're harming all these sweet, sweet, nourishing federal employees. who will be made whole and all this crap. If they've ever won one of these government shutdowns, I'd be more inclined to sit there and go, well, you know what? These House Republicans have a point. But I don't have faith in House Republicans. I don't have faith in Mitch McConnell. I don't have faith in any Republican. I don't have faith in any politician. I recommend you get that level of cynicism about that. And just be prepared to uh, be less disappointed sometimes. Maybe one day we'll be proud, and that'll be a nice surprise. But what am I talking about? Anyway, back to Mitch McConnell mourn from deep space nine waddles up the turtle goes up to the microphones yesterday and in full-throated support of this monstrosity that there is no way zero way zero way on god's green earth mitch mcconnell has read this thing or really knows what's in it he just doesn't care just doesn't care it's not like he'll come back tomorrow and Go, oh my god there's a uh, hundred million dollars for what there's $286 million in Title X funding, most of which goes to Planned Parenthood. Huh, that's weird. I Now I'm opposed No, he doesn't care. You'd have to be more principled than Mitch McConnell is to care about things like that. But Mitch McConnell, in his defense of this monstrosity, lets the world know what Congress's priorities are. And it ain't you. It ain't Americans. It's Ukraine.
1: Making sure the Defense Department can deal with the major threats coming from Russia and China. Providing assistance for the Ukrainians to defeat the Russians. That's the number one priority for the United States right now, according to most Republicans. That's sort of how we see the challenges
0: confronting uh, the country at the moment is your number one priority ukraine is your number one priority Ukraine? and honestly and i i don't say this to be a a jackass i talk to people granted i'm not a social butterfly not the social butterfly i used to be i just i prefer being home alone to be honest with you (laughs) it's much more comfortable for me for many reasons, plus you know we're busy all the time doing things, kids and whatnot. But is this your number one priority? Ukraine? It's not my. It's not. It's not my top ten. It's just not. I simply don't care about Ukraine. Now, part of that is just my personality. You tell me I have to do something. You, I have to care about this. I, I'm not interested. I'm inclined not to. There are ways to get me to do things and ways to get me to not do things. And telling me I have to is one of those things that just, I'm, I just, I push back, I recoil, and you tell, like the the soccer thing caught a bunch of hell because I was like, you know what, I'm not really Team USA. Eh, I was more Team England. There's more Team England than Team USA. How can you do that? How can you? Well, I just find it annoying that I'm told I have to like Team USA when nobody likes soccer in this country, not American soccer. And you watch all the commercials like, we support this team all the way to, no, you don't. All right. We're not going to hear about soccer again till next year in the summer when it's the Women's World Cup in Australia. And then we're not going to hear about soccer for another three years. We're just not. Nobody cares. But all the commercials around the Women's World Cup, we we love the Women's World Cup. No, you don't. We love women's soccer. They couldn't fill a high school stadium to watch a game. All right. They achieved pay equity by stealing money from the men. Congratulations, ladies. You come a long way, baby. You can stand on your own two feet on the backs of men. So you tell me I have to care about Ukraine. I'm not going to care about Ukraine. Maybe I should care about Ukraine, but I can't bring myself to because I'm told I must. It's never going to be my top priority. You could probably logically make me put it in the top 10, maybe, if you make a case. But they aren't making a case. They're making an insistence. There's a difference. That's the way it works. And I get emails about people or from people about this. I was told, you know, this is uh, Marie in Hamilton. Where who's I cannot help but think Zelensky is holding something over Biden. Biden will not do anything about the American border, but look at the help he's giving to Ukraine. Smells funny to me. Yeah, you're right, Marie. That's the way it works. You would think that the leader of the opposition party in the Senate might have some questions along the lines of Marie there, but you don't. You don't get that. You might think that a guy whose family literally made millions of dollars out of Ukraine in an industry they know nothing of, in a language they do not speak, might, uh, might pique some curiosity. Like, hey, that's a little bit weird. Why was your son? Your son can't speak Ukrainian. Your son has no knowledge of the oil and gas industry. Why is this oil and gas company uh, intertwined with the government? Why is it paying your son $80,000 a month? That might might be something of it. Nope. I don't know what Mitch McConnell's kids do or if he has any kids. But I might be interested in looking into that. But to sit there and say, it was the number one priority of Republicans. Just ask yourself this simple question. Have you ever heard an... A non-elected, not an unelected, a non-elected Republican, meaning anybody who's a Republican, remotely conservative in your life, have you ever heard any of them talk about Ukraine? Other than, my God, did you see how much money we just sent to Ukraine? Have you ever heard them say this is the most important thing? Oh, they might have a little bumper sticker on their car, might have been peeled off by now. They might have ordered a, a hat with the Ukrainian colors or whatever, but they probably don't wear it all that much right now. Is this the number one priority of Republicans? If you look at why you can pass a $1.7 trillion waste of money boondoggle with all the crap and more that I've told you about, why you can pass that inside of a couple of days of a 400 and, four hundred or 4,155-page monstrosity that nobody understands being introduced, Look no further than the loyal opposition there, led by Mitch McConnell, going, this is the most important priority. You go into negotiations and you say, here, here's money for Ukraine. Well, that's our number one priority. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of money for our number one priorities too, Democrats, eh? And Mitch goes, well, as long as we're all getting something for our priorities, they get funding for academia, they get funding for destroying the military through political correctness, they get money for Planned Parenthood, they get every. I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere hidden in here is the student loan forgiveness thing. They get money for all that they want, and here comes the turtle going, well, that's number one priority. It's taken care of. We got to get this bill passed. Save the world. That's our number one priority. You don't swear an oath to Ukraine. At least i don't think he did maybe we'll have to check the tape as we uh look into other things going on i just saw this this is i love it when when uh people get their comeuppance it's funny because um there there has been this phenomenon in the democratic party where people fail up have you noticed this the people lose they elevate losers to like hero stat not not all of them to their credit, they. They saw through Martin O'Malley and they're like, nah, we're not interested. I'm surprised he didn't try to become. He's too much of a straight white guy to ever be considered the chairman of the Democratic National Committee. But you'd think he, he'd have some kind of prominent role. He ran for president, after all. <laughs> he, he pulled at one percent. And that was just his family. But um, hes they do see through some people. And then other people, they, they go, well, Beto, what are you running for now? Like three three losses in a row for Beto, and there are still people willing to throw money at the guy who married a billionaire going, oh, Beto, you're so wonderful. Stacey Abrams has only lost two statewide elections, so she's got that going for her. But Beto lost for governor, Beto lost for Senate, and Beto lost for president. That's That's three strikes. I suspect Beto will be back in some capacity because – what else has he – see, he doesn't have to get a real job. Most people will go, all right, well, I tried. Now I've got to get a real job because i got to feed my family. Beto doesn't have that problem. He had, His family had hundreds of millions of dollars, and he married somebody with a family with billions of dollars. He's set. Him For him, politics is just a, a hobby, a way to avoid, the way that some people like tinker in their garage all day long. Beto, that's what politics is for him. He's not very bright. If he tried to work with tools, he'd probably cut a piece of his body off. So politics. He also is so dumb that he thinks he's smart. There's nobody who... Oh, the dumber somebody is, the more they really, really commit themselves to the idea that they're smart. And Beto is really committed to the idea that he's super smart. So I suspect we haven't seen the last of Beto, and we haven't seen the last of Stacey Amers. At least Beto is, is taking some time right now. Reassessing, probably going to find some way. It'll probably start a nonprofit. Why? Because who wants to spend their own money on stuff. Stacey Abrams already did that. She's made a fortune, her net worth increased exponentially. she's worth you know millions and millions of dollars. after her first loss for governor. After the second loss for governor, what she's going to do, we don't know. But you can tell that there is a faction of the Democratic Party who is kind of looking at this elevation of losers because the chairman of the Democratic National Committee lost, Got not only just lost, got his ass handed to him against Lindsey Graham. You couldn't come close to beating Lindsey Graham. I get it. Maybe you couldn't beat Lindsey Graham, but you couldn't come close to losing to, 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 losing to Lindsey Graham. No. So uh, that's the chairman. Maybe this is put out by the chairman because Stacey Abrams is on the prowl looking for a way to pass the time till she, she said that she might run again for governor. Please do. Uh, but ever since the election and her revelation that she might run again, there's been these series of negative stories about Jabba the commie down there in Georgia. Every state has their own of the commie. And now we're seeing really that there's a power struggle for the cuz you can only elevate so many losers before people go what the hell are we doing? What the hell are we doing? We're embracing weird policies and now we're elevating losers to articulate these policies. Sooner or later this is going to be a disaster, right? Like blindly reaching into the spice cabinet for whatever you find putting it in cookies. Like maybe you'll you'll find some sugar, maybe you'll grab some cinnamon, you get but you might grab the garlic. You might grab the basil. Nobody wants that in a cookie. The Atlanta Journal Constitution, which was in love with Stacey Abrams when she had a chance of becoming governor is now a little less in love. They want to see other people. The paper wants to see other people, shall we say? Because they don't want her they don't the Democrats don't want her to run again. You lose twice, maybe it's time to call it a day for the same office anyway. So you're getting all sorts of exposés that could have been written during the campaign but weren't. That's what's amazing about these things is honest journalism would have looked at this crap during the campaign and questioned Stacey Abrams' judgment, but they weren't allowed to do that. They weren't about to do that. Now that it's over, hmm. Story: A rented house in an expensive Atlanta neighborhood meant for TikTok creators that sat largely unused, a pop-up shop and swag truck that baffled some staffers, and then sharp cuts to TV, airtime, and employee benefits at a crucial moment in the campaign. That's how the story starts. Stacey Abrams raised more than $103 million for her failed rematch this year against Governor Brian Kemp, a record-setting haul for a Georgia gubernatorial race that allowed her to experiment with unconventional ways to promote her candidacy. But her campaign's expenditures have come under sharper scrutiny as new details emerge about the tight cash crunch she faced before her November defeat to Kemp by nearly eight points, renting a mansion for TikTok, crate a swag. She, they had. See what happened is they had more money, then they knew what to do. They were raising a ton of money. Democrats were throwing money at them because, stupidly, and then things started to dry up. Why? Because the closer the election got, the worse she was doing. She spent that money. She threw that money around on a lot of things that that were counterproductive. Were stupid, and so they ended up losing ground. But they'd already pissed away all the money. So what are they going to do? They end up having to cut salaries. They end up having to cut benefits for the employees. They ended up screwing over the people who work for them. And in the closing days, the people who work for them are sitting there going, I'm not, what do you mean I lose my health insurance? What do you mean I'm losing my benefits? What do you mean I'm not getting paid? What the hell? Guess who's not going to work super hard for you? The people who you just took away their livelihood." The people who you just told, I swear I'll pay you Tuesday for your nonstop working for me today. <laughs> this week, Abrams campaign manager Lauren Growargo, Wargo, hyphenated, confirmed the operation owes more than $1 million to vendors. She told Ax- Axios that, quote, a cavalcade of negative press. Along with a steady drumbeat of polls showing her trailing camp complicated fundraising efforts in the final weeks. See? This is what this is how athletes go broke. Professional athletes. You made ten million dollars a year for ten years. You have a hundred million dollars you won. How can you be broke? Well, because they lived like they had a hundred million dollars. They lived like they had a hundred million dollars. How do, what do I mean? Well, you can buy way too much house. You can fly in a private jet all the time. That costs money. And if you're making $10 million a year, you can afford to do that. But you got to understand $10 million a year, a bunch goes to your agent, big percentage of that. Uh, Uncle Sam is going to get their cut. You end up with about half that. So you get $5 million a year. You can still afford to live pretty large on $5 million a year. But if you're spending $5 million a year on getting in $5 million a year, Guess what happens when you're not getting $5 million a year anymore? You're still living like you've got $5 million a year. Your expenses are set up. Your mortgage is set up. to Well, it's a mortgage that's $75,000 a month. Well, guess what's really hard to pay when you have no money coming in? A $75,000 a month mortgage. So you lose the house. You have all sorts of things. You live that way. If you're running a campaign and you go, we're raising money hand over fist, let's just start spending it like crazy and let's find new creative ways because to... you think you're going to keep raising that money. Instead of being smart, thank God Democrats aren't smart, and going we need to set some of this money aside to be able to fund the end of the campaign when it really matters, they end up blowing it all on stuff halfway through. And then when it's crunch time, they end up getting nothing. Congratulations. Remember how she's historic? She Turns out she's super historically bad. In the, I just love Stacey Abrams. She's crude. They, they went crazy. They went crazy. Look, when, when Hunter Biden was at the height of his most recklessness going, oh man, give me more hookers. Give me more blow. Let's do this thing. He probably thought that money was never going to end. Yeah, now he's forced to do it, paid by numbers, but he's still making bank because he's making money for the same reason he ever made money. People want to suck up to his dad, so they they can't give the money directly to Joe. They give the money to Hunter. The Abrams campaign thought they'd live high on the hunt. People are going to keep giving us money forever. It's going to be wonderful. And then they noticed the polls, and they said, "Wait a second, you're losing. You're losing bad. You're running a horrible campaign." You're a terrible... campaign. Like, where were you four years ago? She ran a horrible campaign. Where were you during the, the last four years while she was making herself rich because suckers kept giving her money? What did you think she was going to do? Suddenly get good? No, she's not going to get good. She's not going to become popular. She's popular on MSNBC, you recognize. I say the same thing about Fox. Being on Fox, being popular on Fox doesn't mean you're popular in the real world. You can go on Fox all the time as a candidate... Uh, you're not going to win your election because of it. How many of those people who lost, how many of those candidates who lost for the Senate did you see on Fox regularly? Well, you saw Stacey Abrams all over MSNBC just as regularly, if not more so, and CNN, double barrel of those things. And all of the glowing coverage there couldn't do anything, couldn't help her, couldn't drag her across the finish line. Why? Because a tiny percentage of the audience watching whatever show she was on at any given time actually could vote for her. But they could give her money. They could send her money. All the candidates who lost raised a ton of money. Getting on national cable, partisan cable, it does wonders for your fundraising. It just doesn't add a vote to you. It doesn't help you at all. Which I, I assume, maybe naively, that that would be the ultimate goal. I don't know. I just don't know. Speaking of elections, I want to play you this clip of Mike Lindell. you got to think what you want of Mike Lindell. And when I've been critical of Mike Lindell before, and I, it's critical in a joking way. These slippers, once they're gone, they're gone. They're gone forever. And miraculously, they're back in stock. Like, wait a second. How are they back in stock? I thought you would never make them again. And I'm like, no, no, no. Anything that, just a pro tip for anybody out there, anything that's labeled as a collector's item is never going to be a collector's item. Anything that says limited edition without being numbered to a very specific amount is limited to the number that they can sell. That's it. It's never going to be worth anything. That's how the world works. It just a limited edition to how many? You don't know. Well, there's like 15 pallets of them down this aisle in Walmart, so it can't be all that limited. And if there's no demand for it in the first place, it doesn't really matter. The only things that ever end up being worth money, by the way, if you're in collecting, are the things that were just made and then uh, later on became popular or the popularity shocked everybody. Not things that say limited collector's edition. No, stay away from it. Anyway, yeah, and the the slippers thing. Once they're gone, they're gone. Okay, okay. Now we got another batch in stock. Well, what? we knew that was going to happen because no sane businessman would ever go, you know what? This is selling like hotcakes, but I don't want to make it anymore. It's making me too much money. Let's go with something else. Go ahead and hate me all you want. Send me your email hate, pointing out Mike Lindell, blah, blah, blah. Mike Lindell is now his, there's probably no bigger lover of Donald Trump on the planet than Mike Lindell. He is spending a fortune promoting Donald Trump, trying to, uh, he doesn't seem to be running his company all that much, but, you know, it's his company, he can do what the hell he wants. He is spending a lot of time still on the 2020 election, and now on the 2022 election, he is alleging more voter fraud, but not by Democrats, this time by Ron DeSantis, He's implying it at this point. He's going to look into it. Now, personally, I think there would be a better use of money. And if you're looking and he's one of the three announced candidates for chairman of the Republican National Committee, I'd like to think that the potential chairman of the Republican National Committee would have better things to do than firing down the Republican trench. But I don't think that Mike Lindell is necessarily committed to a conservative cause. I think he's committed to a conservative candidate. I think he's committed to Donald Trump and that's it. Just my two cents. Listen to Mike Lindell, and he apparently has some sort of streaming show or something that he does, and this was him yesterday.
1: What you, would what'd you find out after we broke away there for a minute? Okay, well, here's what we got, everybody. Just like I told you before, we have, uh, you know, with Smartmatic, we have all those cast vote records for um, the results have come in for um, L.A. County. So we have all everything on Smartmatic from the 2020 election. What we're doing now is I am going after Dade County in the 2022 election. And everyone says, "Now, why would you go after Dade County? Does that? Would you know why, Brandon?" But uh, no, I mean that's Florida. You'd think, "Oh, that's a conservative state." Dade County. Do oh, no. You know, what happened in Dade County in uh, in the twenty twenty two election. N- n- is that the one where? where no, uh, that's not the one where there's so many Hispanics flipped and voted for Republican, is it? Well, this is where Ron DeSantis won Dade County. This, a Republican won Dade County. Okay. Well, for me, I look at deviations. Everybody. That's a deviation because that was historical. I he, normally, I, Republicans don't I win don't that believe, county. I don't believe it. So I want to. So I'm yeah, just going to show everybody, just like we always say about Democrats, where they stole their elections, just like they did uh, the one that, that nice lady in Georgia that got zero votes in her own precinct. Right. I want to find out in Dade County what happened there because it's 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 a, it's an it's a, it's a deviation from norm. You know. Yeah. It's a, Very much a deviation
0: implied out no, there's nobody, not even Democrats in the state of Florida are sitting there going, you know what? Ron DeSantis stole the election down in Florida. Ron DeSantis, did. nobody's alleging that. And yet here's Mike Lindell, wants to be, I don't know if he, what he wants to be, but he's running, he's announced he's running for the chairman of the Republican National Committee against Ronna Romney McDaniel and Harmeet Dillon implying pretty heavily that the DeSantis team down in Florida didn't win somehow because they did well in Dade County they did well with Hispanics it couldn't possibly be you know that Ron DeSantis has been a popular governor doing amazing things and it you know right before the election there was a a hurricane that devastated the state and quite frankly Ron DeSantis did a bang-up job in recovering from that, like rebuilding bridges back to islands so people weren't stranded and starving inside of a week. You know, a couple of days in one case, five days in another. That's kind of a big deal. You don't have to like Ron DeSantis, but you should look at that and go, hey, that's pretty good. There's no way the Biden administration would do that. There's no way a Democrat would do that. They, well, before we build that bridge, we've got to do an environmental impact study, blah, blah, blah. No. So the pillow guy, and I, I use one of his pillows, seems to have gone a little bit uh, off the deep end. But then again, its I don't think he was ever about, I think he was about one person. I don't—I think he just torpedoed his chances of getting to the RNC chairmanship. I think. Probably better off without him as chair, anyway. That's enough for today, I think. We'll stop there. You can send me your hate mail all you like. I appreciate it either way. Thanks for uh, listening. We'll be back to do it all again tomorrow.